0: Hey Creeps, it's Katie. Before we jumped into this episode, I wanted to just give you a heads up. We recorded this episode on the back patio in the middle of the night to create the spooky ambiance for ourselves. And we were accompanied with the good old Florida crickets. So you guys are going to be hearing them a lot in our background. I just wanted to at least let you know so that you didn't think it was some kooky sound effect that we were trying out. No, no, it is the authentic world of Florida. <laughs> I also wanted to just give a major heads up. I do say it a couple of times throughout the episode, but this is our first very serious case. So again, I want to give a big trigger warning as we talk about some not so nice things that our killer has done. I hope you guys enjoy. Buckle up. He's a doozy. Hey, creepy crawlers. I'm Katie, and this is Case of the Creeps. Hello, hello, creepy peeps, and welcome back to another edition of Case of the Creeps. I'm Katie. Hey, hey, hi, and hello. Happy Friday to all listening on Drop Day. You guys are really, truly the MVP, starting your morning off with a fresh case of creepiness. I hope your guys' week has been good. I have a few things before we crack our case today. First off, being that I am not alone today. Nope. I have a special guest with me today that you guys will actually be hearing from in the future, too. I kind of decided that when it came to these serial killer cases and these more intense, heavy cases that I have planned, I didn't want to really go at it alone. So that's really that's for my sake, too, not just yours. I I need a Thunder Buddy in these situations, guys. So, without any further ado, I would like to introduce my sister from another mister, my longest friend and past roommate, Miss Kaylee. Da, da 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 Thunder Buddy thunder Buddy yeah. <laughs> Hello. Got it. How long have we been friends for now? Oh um I digits, I think. Yeah, I don't wanna say because that'll well, because you age. have to admit that you're old. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still older than you. I'll, okay, take, I'll take, it. It. I'll t- I'll I'll take it. it. I'll take it. I'll take it. So and you can agree with me, we've been through our kooky kooky adventures. Oh yeah. God uh-huh. <laughs> from the duplex days especially just that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then now in our adult years we both have a similar love for all things fucked up. Things <laughs> totally fucked like, up. Like ridiculous how we can just sit there and, you yeah. know Murder porn. Murder porn. <laughs> <laughs> So it comes from murder porn. Yep. Honestly, now it's like almost every time that we hang hang out, it's like, "Hey, did you hear about this case?" Yeah. Or so I just listened to this episode. You've got to listen to it. Or, dude, I totally heard about this thing. Reminded me exactly of BTK. Oh, Can't even. yes. Oh my god. I'm still so mad at myself that I didn't realize that was BTK. Sorry guys for spoiler alert, but. In Mindhunter, I, it, I'm so mad at myself. It took me so long to realize I was BTK. When I first watched it, obviously, I didn't know anything about who BTK was when I first watched Mindhunter, and then um, when a couple of series that I watched on um, either Netflix or something like that, a couple of them, um, and then realizing and then listening to a couple of podcasts about him, and then I was like, oh my gosh, how did that... That's insane, they did such a perfect job. Yeah! Oh my gosh, the guy that they got to play him, Dennis, was just Not to mention Ed Kemper. The actor for that portrayed Ed Kemper. The casting in that show was immaculate. So good. Oh my god. So good. So, I do plan on having both you and Jenna, who you guys did hear on our past episode on Dark Disney. You guys need to get used to hearing Kaylee's voice, because she's going to be here a lot. So is Jenna. I also have a few other guests that are lined up also asking to be a part of future episodes as well, which just tickles me pink. My black, my black heart is just filling up. My black soul is warming. It's a little bit. It's like you guys are bringing me back from the dead. It's nice. (laughs) It's a little refreshing, but, um, kill you again. (laughs) Get get really happy because we're going to get really, really dark tonight. (laughs) Um, but anyways, Miss Kaylee, How has your week been? I know that you just got some exciting stuff going on in the works with your family over there. Oh, it's been good. I just got back from Connecticut, um, was up there becoming a godmother to one of my best friend's sons. And then uh, just starting to, of course, wrap up, starting to pack up here. Gonna be moving up to the Milwaukee area Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, I get cheeseheads. Oh, shush. (laughs) Let's go, Pat, go. Uh, Anyway, Nice. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and a couple of job opportunities coming for me and my husband, and it's kind of exciting, and I got family up there that it'll be nice to be back around. Heck yeah, not to mention your mom freaking rocks. My mommy. Love her to death. (laughs) Then while you are getting ready for your trip to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. we'll trip move move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ready for trip my trip to West Virginia, yep. which is gonna be nice. Guys, got some really exciting stuff planned for that. Not to mention all the things lovely that I've got going on with this podcast that I've been up to. In case you guys didn't know or missed out, I made a Facebook page, a private Facebook group. You can find both of these by searching for Case of the Creeps podcast. Find that familiar creepy cover art and. Wha-pow. Did you listen to my last episode? Did you hear the Wha-pow! Whoopow. pow Like, follow, and join. A reminder if you do join the Facebook group, you will not be approved until you find the hidden password within the rules. W- was it hard? No. What'd you do? Read the whole thing. Read the rules. It's really easy, guys. <laughs> The group is starting to get a good number of people though I checked it earlier I'm up to like almost 50 awesome yeah so I'm finally getting some interactions too which is it's really starting cool. to crawl up there <gasps> ah, the yeah. these pages are for you guys the listeners to be able to join and add your opinions funny memes and topic suggestions for the podcast also just to feel like you guys got a safe space to let your freak flag fly and share all the creepy things but don't forget I also have an Instagram, which is at caseofthecreepspodcast. And I also have snail mail, which is Mm. caseofthecreeps at gmail.com. So I've got all the bases covered for you guys. Convenient, because softball's on in the other room. It is. Ha. Also, don't forget to. Oh, it is. I didn't realize it was the word. World Series. Yes, softball World Series. Also, don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you guys are listening to the podcast so that we can stay relevant find all the creepy crawlers to bring them back to our mothership, that is, Case of the Creeps. Come back to us. We're creepy and we like it. Mm-hmm. Alright. Well, that was all the business so taking care taking care of Kaylee. Yes? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Okay. So, nobody really knows the case that we're doing tonight. Been very secretive about it. Been very quiet on all ends as to who this case is going to be. Even you! Me! Yeah! But if you guys have been paying attention to my posts, there have been some hints that I've dropped involving this case, do you remember who I told you it was going to be? I said it so long ago so that I would forget. No, I don't remember his name. You don't remember his name? Do you remember anything that I told you? I remember one thing, just one thing. Well, I told you that I was going to be Ed Gein. Yes. Yes. And there's one thing I know about him every time you say his name, or even think about us doing the podcast. What is I'm, it? What I don't want to spoil anything. Well. <clears throat> I lied to you. What? <laughs> Surprise! Shorty. No nipple belt. No. We're doing something completely different. Oh, really? Yeah. I have lied to you. Listen. <laughs> Rude. Well. I was going to do edgy yes. but nipple belt. Then yeah, I told you about that and then I was like, "Ah, you know what? I also told you that he was from Wisconsin." Yes. And I thought after I I had immediate regret after you and I got off the phone that day, I was like, "She's going to start looking up stuff about him, huh. and she's fucking sneaky." I'm- <laughs> and you can't tell me you're not. <laughs> So, the fifth. I wanted to throw you off completely. Mm. We will be doing old Eddie because he's really messed up, but not tonight, no. We're going to go closer to home. How close? Like, Florida close. Oh, that's but, really close. Yeah, but not just Florida close. Three hours north close. Jacksonville? Mm? Nope. Instead okay. of doing Ed Gein, we are going to be visiting the case of Danny Rowling. The Gainesville Ripper. (gasps) Is it the one that I told? I told you I wanted to know more about this guy. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yep. So we're going to be doing Danny Rowling, the Gainesville Ripper. I remember just a little bit from psych class about him. Now, what (gasps) do you remember from that? Okay, so... Yeah, you're fine. You're good. Uh, What I remember is that he was in... Now, obviously, this is... 11-year-old knowledge, giving away my age. Show that age, baby! (laughs) Um, (laughs) That he was obviously active in the Gainesville area. I Mm -hmm. think he preyed on Mm co-eds, if I remember correctly. And the one significant thing I think I remember about him is he was very obsessed with decapitation and would decapitate them. And it's believed, I think, if if... my psychology teacher was of sane mind and was telling us correctly or she was just going off whatever the hell she decided Um, I'm a teacher I do what I (laughs) want well she was psych teacher (laughs) hello yeah Um, Anyway, so she uh, said that he would decapitate their heads and leave mirrors up around so that because you're conscious your brain is still conscious for a couple if not split seconds before you find, um, he did this with one case. I mean, he only did that with one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I could have been exaggerating, or <laughs> wanting him to have done it to all, so that would be more you, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it would just <laughs> add a little fight to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that part, that one, that story okay. in particular. Well, are you ready to learn more? Now oh, I, I have a yeah. question for you. I have a lot on his background before he went into. His murderous size. Okay. Now I can either cliff note it no. or we no. can okay. Why would you do that? Because I it's a lot. So it's like holy well, shit it's, this like this guy it just keeps fucking going because it does. Well, it speaks to who he was, what It fucking does, and I was like, "Man, is this something that's too like irrelevant to not be added?" And immediately was like, "Nope, gotta put it in." Almost everything is relevant. We're just gonna run it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's allergic to cats. Write it down because that could be possible. We're gonna put that in. Poor Fluffy could have been the ultimate demise. Well, you know know. if him and all these other serial killers happen to all be allergic to cats. I don't I know, as well, some, some I don't know, you know, So I don't know what science they're doing on this I shit have now. a lot of, of stuff. We're just going to run through it all, and then we'll decide if this is going to be a part two or not by, we, by looking at time. Okay. So, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? I just want to put this into perspective for you. You have walked on the grounds that Danny Rowling has walked on. I have? Yes. Remember when we went to Gainesville for my mom's wedding? Yeah. We visited the campus. We did. That's where he prayed. Yes. I was, was all it was over, over that that yeah. campus. Not to mention, he okay. was also in Alachua, which is where my mom lives. Yeah. And, and six. you Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their, their road is paved now. Good for them. Whoa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's a big step. But they live 15 minutes away from the UF campus. And then Casey, my uh, sister-in-law, mm-hmm. stepsister-in-law, mm-hmm that's where she went was to UF. And then my boss, his daughter is actually at UF right now getting her doctorate in phil- uh, physical therapy. So a lot of people in go how, to this what campus. What decade was this? when? What time period be? We're gonna be talking about the 19, um, 80, from 1989 to 1990 is when he was 19. prayed. Wow. Praying. Okay, so to me that does not sound like very long ago because right. of when I was born. Um. <laughs> um, but I know to you younger kids, doesn't seem late nineteen hundreds. Yeah. Oh, so 90s. nineties. Nineties. <laughs> nineties. <laughs> well, I bet you also didn't know this. You know the movie Scream. Mm-hmm. That's based off of his killings. What? Yep. Not the franchise, but the first movie is based off of Danny Rowling's killings. not the mask and everything no I like no, no, but, but the, the inspiration the... comes from Danny Rowling. That's a crazy connection. yeah, my site teacher didn't tell me that because I definitely would have remembered that shit. He my man Danny man, he was on a full rampage in 1990 and we're like we're gonna come full circle through all of it and but mini spoiler alert Danny is no longer with us oh. So, I would say rest in peace, but, but you know. He could rest in pieces. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's a good one. But, right? <laughs> so, we're going to go ahead and start all the way back to the beginning. Danny was born May 26th of 1954 to Claudia and James Rowling in Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, so he'd have been... 32, now, 30, he'd cool, have been yeah. well, late 60s or yeah, 70s? Yeah, yeah. Um, Claudia, his mom, was only 19 and had just married James. And he was a retired Korean War veteran and active duty cop to the town of Shreveport. She got married to James two weeks prior to finding out that she was pregnant with Danny. Oh, Like, immediately. Wasn't a shotgun. Well, James, he sucks real bad. Like, him's not a nice guy at all. He's a D-bag for sure. Um, J- and <laughs> Douche baggery. Let's start from the beginning. James never wanted kids ever. When well, he found out that Claudia was pregnant, beat the shit out of her, oh, and became perfect. a horrific abuser. He beat the shit out of Claudia any chance he got, even when, back. Cool. Even when she was pregnant, got well, the shit. Well, gotta yeah. solve the whole not wanting kids problem. Cool. Well, Claudia actually left James when she was pregnant, but ended up going back. And this poor girl was severely trauma-bonded because the, this is going to become a trend throughout the entire fucking saga. So then, when Danny came along, of course, the abuse heightened. James came over and beat the shit out of Danny, solely for crawling weird, and he didn't like it. Danny was only a year old, and this is the first account of abuse. So, got a good recipe already at a year old for killer going on here. Inconsistent parents and extreme abuse behind closed doors. Let's add another kid to the mix. What? Mm mm-hmm. hmm. How, how did. What? No. Kevin, mm-hmm. Danny's younger brother, was born on August 15th of 1955. James just loved this so much. Now yeah, he's so got a one year old and a newborn. So you would think that the abuse would maybe cut abuse. 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 Uh, abuse. There's abuse. 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 <laughs> yes. Would kind of level out considering that there was another body there now, but no. Instead, the abuse just got worse for everyone. Claudia, Danny, and now Kevin. Oh, there's more of you. Yeah, wow. all of you now <laughs> just sucketh. <laughs> Kevin, all of them, they were all beaten and battered. And then when Danny was four, Claudia left James again. Oh, and the kids. So left the kids too. Mm. So James had a free-for-all. With kids. Awesome. And was gone. Claudia was gone for six months. During the six-month time, Danny and Kevin were sub- subjected to James, who had an absolute field day with the boys. <laughs> Not, that kind, of Not that kind of field day. Not that kind of field day. Not that kind of. There's no parachute flying in this one. During this time, this six-month... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I the parachute, do. the fucking... <laughs> You were so excited when you seen that when you walked into the gym and you seen that thing laid a whole... It Don't was on. Deep. It was on. Done. So, during the six-month <laughs> time, there was one account where Danny claimed that James attacked Danny, pinned him down and handcuffed him, and then beat the shit out of him. Now, remember that James is a cop, so then he called his cop buddies to come and arrest his four-year-old child because he was embarrassed of him. That's it. Just embarrassing the size them. Can you even be arrested for yourself? No. I thought that, I thought it was six was the, and it could have been Yeah. not even that back no. then. They were like, Ugh, pff, under 12 years old, don't even know what yeah, uh, no. crime they, is. They do so. little kid. They little kid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And Kevin watched the whole thing. What a little pussy bitch. Yeah. Like, so then, like, Jane. Just imagine that phone call for a minute. No. Hold on. No. Hey, guys. <laughs> I need you to come over. My four-year-old son is totally annoying right now. Yeah. Um, come get him. Can you come arrest him? Yeah. A four-year-old. Can't even make full sentences. Nope. Come put him. He's in handcuffs. How do the handcuffs fit his little tiny wrist? <laughs> Like about one on both wrists. On both wrists. (laughs) Oh, my God. And then use the other one as, like, a leash. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not trying to, like, be rude, but... But, hey. Sorry. (laughs) He doesn't call on a four-year-old. Well, then James beat the shit out of Kevin solely because he was looking at him the wrong way. So, was just legit an awful fucking father, which, and it blows my mind because Claudia was so attached to this guy at the time because, surprise, surprise, James started begging for her to come home, and guess what she did? She came back. She went home. So oh, they're once again an inconsistent, but full this family. I throw the pillow at the goddamn TV. Right. Well, no, it's just stupid, bitch. It's gonna get worse. <sighs> but to take those kids away. Yeah. Well, you would think that all this abuse that Danny's going through would make him a good kid, right? The better I am, the less beat I'll get. Mentality, kind oh, of. Hell no. Nope. That didn't stand. That didn't stop Danny from fucking up either. And this shit just really blows my mind is how ass backwards Danny had it too. So Claudia came back and one day they decided to go to the local store and Danny was caught trying to steal a candy bar. So, and he was only five years old. His his parents caught him. So James, this ultimate piece of shit, caught him and so did Claudia. They just told him to take it back and apologize to the clerk what no beatings so no. they're positively reinforcing bad behavior exactly so it was ass fucking backwards oh, so Lord. up to this point i think we can agree that danny's childhood i think sucks big time no and right. it's totally fucking ass backwards like you said like yeah he's getting all the wrong messages he's unwanted <laughs> he's not even in school yet no he's unwanted he's treated like garbage well actually Low garbage, I would think, might be safe to say at this point. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, his father treated him like dog shit on a shoe. Yeah, all of them. What does James do? Because he's such a loving and genuine dad, he brings home a puppy that he found while working oh. one day. Danny loved this dog. This dog loved him. They're one of the like the same. They had a good bond. He had wasn't... a very very good bond. James was jealous of that. Oh my God, he is such a pussy little bitch. So then he started beating the shit out of the fucking dog. And then it was, it's unclear. I saw it in two different websites, two contradicting stories, but they both came down to the same thing. The dog nipped at James. I think it's because it had food. James burnt his ego. This is guy's trigger warning. Big trigger warning. And I'm sorry, James didn't like this. So he drug the dog outside and beat it to a fucking pulp and dropped it in Danny's arms, where the dog ended up passing away from the blunt force of his dad. Oh my god. No. This is also now, as well, the first account of Danny witnessing a merciless crime right in front of him, either than the shit that's inflicted on him and his family. Oh my god. Fast forward. Oh. Danny's eight years old now. The family has moved off, moved out a bit at this time. They went to Columbus for a while. Claudia left James again, but then came back. Again. And then they moved back to Shreveport, so it was like all for fucking nothing. And then it was time that Claudia, and it was this time that Claudia actually started getting a bit of a backbone. Or at least she tried to start to get one, because it came out later in an interview that if the abuse wasn't enough, if the abuse, why do I keep saying abuse? (laughs) But if the abuse wasn't enough, James was such a heartless guy, he even neglected everyone from birthdays and holidays. Pop. Oh, none of them had birthdays or anything. Nope. So, whatever Christmas reason in the, huh? Christmas is off. Huh? Yeah. Well, for whatever reason, Christmas of 1963, Danny was 9 and Claudia was not fucking having it. She decorated the entire house. She put a tree up, fucking everything. Oh, so that's where she puts her foot down.
1: Yeah, on Christmas? Christmas.
0: Well, then James went on a rampage and they got into a huge argument and he started to raise his hand to everyone. Again. Well, now comes in picks the tree up by the,
1: hold up it
0: hold up claudia said fuck this this ain't <laughs> my notes said this ain't holly or jolly <laughs> 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 we gonna have a holly jolly christmas bitch you gonna sit down <laughs> oh my god she, she said this ain't holly or jolly Threw the kids in the car and the Christmas tree on top of the car and deuced out. Oh my god, I hope it was completely decorated. <laughs> I when she threw it on top of the car, just all ornaments flying of... off and she fucking high-tails it <laughs> the fuck out of there. All I can think of is Christmas, National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. That's all I <laughs> no, can think about. No, I totally pictured them oh in, a, in, a, in a station wagon. Yes. <laughs> 100% that's what they were in. They were yes. in nothing else. Well, woohoo hoo to Claudia there, but unfortunately it was Didn't last long. She would return with the kids, but no Christmas tree. Back to home. Now Danny was nine at this time. She was attending. (laughs) Danny was nine at this time and was attending the third grade, which she ended up failing due to multiple absences due to illnesses, which I think meant too bruised up. To not be like asking yeah. questions, kind of. Mm-hmm. So, and the teachers and counselors described Danny as suffering from an inferiority complex with aggressive tendencies and poor impulse control. They advised that he got some Murder counseling, for, right? Stirred up. <laughs> they advised that Danny got some counseling for this behavior, but guess what? He never did. Oh, no. Instead, this sent Claudia into a full blown effing nervous breakdown. Oh, just now. Oh, now. This is Just it. now. Well, so big backbone there. She Broke once backbone. again loaded the kids up and left James for two weeks. And then she came back again. Way to hold out. Yeah. So now this is also when Danny's tries to find his own outlets for his disruptions and discovers his artistic side, which involves music. He yeah. found it as a giant release for him and seemed to really enjoy it. So it was kind of like, Oh thank god this kid found fucking something to channel this aggression. Playing he has or just to listening to it. Ha, playing. Playing. Playing okay. and listening. So Danny was suffering from the abuse at least twice a week now as well. Oh Lord. Like it's just happening. He's the oldest, of course. Yeah. So then in nineteen sixty four, Danny was ten. James open hand smacked the shit out of Danny while teaching how to drive because he ground the clutch the wrong way. And this caused a huge argument. Oh, Lord. Yep. Well, then the We're argument... we going to grab the oh shit handle. We're going to smack the oh shit yep. out of you. Well, this argument between Danny and James then transpired into an argument with James and Claudia. Guess what Claudia did? Did she back the kids up and leave again? No, she left the kids. Oh, shit. Uh, perfect. Yeah. Well, Danny stopped her in the driveway and said, don't come back this time. Danny stopped her in the yeah. driveway. Yeah. Danny was like, "Don't come back this time." He like he just... was trying to protect her. I okay think, in, in say... hopes that she would leave and stay away from like the internal hell that they were enduring. I'm Unfortunately, sorry. didn't last. She didn't listen. She came right back like a month later in 1965 cool. Danny is eleven now. He ain't fucking stupid. He sees what's going on. And he's just really not fucking okay with it anymore. So one night, he walks in on a major argument between Claudia and James and witnesses Claudia lock herself in the bathroom and then slit her wrists with a razor. Wow. James, yeah, James is avidly banging on the door until finally he breaks it down and instead of helping her he just continues to scream at her. While well, her like wrists are bleeding. Bleeding out. Just, just... Meanwhile, Danny's watching everything unfold right down from the fucking hall. Watching oh his mom bleed out, his dad straight up not give a fucking shit, so he calls for help. Trauma with a capital. Emotional damage. damage. Capital T. Yeah. Like holy. E- emotional damage. damage. <laughs> so he calls for help. Help is it arrives, but Danny wasn't letting James off the hook this time, and he tried to stand up to James. James did not appreciate that. Well, of course not. Got the shit beat out of him. But this is the only time I'll fucking root for Danny. This is the only time. Because, <laughs> yeah, because let's not We're about to get into some <laughs> really gruesome <laughs> let's shit. Let's not forget. And I'm, and I'm again, like... A little I, bit of sympathy for him. I warned you earlier, like, this is a lot of background story. I'm sorry, but, like, this is... This is where Danny got all of his fuel. You can see now why. Well, exactly. Like I said, it just... It gives so much more as to why these people turn Mm -hmm. out to who they are to prove like people don't people think like these people are just fucking psycho and it's like no there's there's a trauma with a capital T T. almost every time under that rug. there's a reason and this is all we're starting to get to this freaking climax here too now Mm -hmm. so after all this shit with Claudia she's admitted to the hospital for like four or five months great Awesome, get that help, but James has the kids. So, this is when Danny, you really start to see him make this fucking turn. And even though he had this outlet for music, he started to have very sadistic fantasies, and they were very, very violent. And then these grew to become sexually sadistic fantasies, and an anger started to brew within him. Well, and violence is all you see. Well, I'm pretty sure we can thank, thank James for that, too. Two months later, so it was too much she was in the hospital. Claudia was getting out of the hospital at this time, and she really couldn't do much, so James went one step further in ridiculing Danny and shaved his head for school. But he did an awful fucking job. Like he left patches and like, made him long, look like shit Yeah, well then this turned into him God, going to school. He's such an insecure motherfucker well, that yeah. he has to make his kid like like it's just insulting. Like I can't I still can't get over the fact that he like How do you are a um, grown ass man. Grown ass man. Mm-hmm. And this you, is how you treat your kids. You feel mm-hmm. like that's your flesh and blood. Yeah, you're jealous of your own children. You're exactly. jealous of You were them. jealous of a dog to the point to where you felt you needed to fucking kill it. That is you're disgusting. It is. <sighs> well, look. Anyways, Really imagine how huge. So Danny went to school with this botched fucking hair job and this turned into kids making fun of him calling him Bigfoot and fucking Sasquatch. Holy. So it just adds to this whole alienism with Danny. He's unwanted. He's embarrassed in all fucking realms below fucking garbage. Mm-hmm. This is all around the time too that Danny started to steal stuff which ooh, we're gonna see come around big time full circle too and at only 11 years old he started stealing alcohol or getting it from a friend, and developed a minor drinking problem. Awesome. At 11. 11 years old. So this would have been late 60s, Mm. mid-60s. Yes, this does. was born in 54. Yep, so Danny's 12 years old at this point, and it is September of 1966. James found him drinking with a friend, was then proceeded to be drug home by his fucking neck, and thrown in jail for two weeks, thanks to his dad. Oh, I was going to say his own father. This pissed like, Danny off fucking so fucking bitch. bad, he refused to even talk to his fucking mom at this point. So, as soon as he was free from the jail after those two weeks, he grabbed the knapsack and ran away from home where he spent his first night in the nearby woods. It's like he was trying. He was trying to get out of this situation. Well, then, wait a minute, he masturbated to uh, fantasies of killing okay. people and controlling them. When he was done, he realized, hmm, I'm hungry. And went back fucking home. That's it. What? Yep. Like it was fucking nothing. Because oh, he was moral, hungry. His moral compass was all oh, jacked up. up. 1967, Danny's 13. His 12 year old brother Kevin and him were both handcuffed together on the floor because James didn't like the way they cut the grass. James then proceeded to. It was, put, it was anything. Oh, anything. Anything he could come up with. He then proceeded to kneel on Danny's lungs. While Danny pleaded with him to stop and even threatened suicide just to get him off. Like I'll kill myself if you don't get just off. Just of get me off, so of that me. because it's clear that yeah. you want me dead. It's clear that you want to. So dead. like <laughs> now we're starting to see a little bit of a darker side with Danny. It's starting to come out a little bit more. Like he's very very morbid. Yeah. He's got these fantasies. Mm-hmm. Now we're thinking about suicide. Like yeah. Well, okay. We know what it is at twelve yeah. years old. So 1968, Danny is 14 now. Mm-hmm. He sees a naked girl for the first time via peeking through a neighbor's bathroom window. Oh, he tell. was yep. He was caught twice by neighbors. James also caught Danny and beat him up on the fucking ground right there for it. Well, of course. He was now so, he's acting out now. It's yeah. Quote unquote legitimate reasons yep. to beat his ass. So he started getting beat by his father. And it escalated more and more to where now it's almost every fucking day. And now he's also trying to commit suicide, but can never seem to get it. So I wonder what he was doing, how he was trying. I couldn't find anything as yeah. to what it was he was yeah. doing, but obviously it wasn't fucking working. <coughs> um, <No>. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> um. I'm going to summarize a little bit from here because these next bit of events, we're getting into the heavier stuff, and I want to make sure we have plenty of time for the super, super heavier stuff. Bring it on. Um, Christmas of 1969, Danny's 15 years old. Mm-hmm. 15 years old. He gets his very own guitar. This is the only present he has ever gotten his entire life. I was going to say, whoa. Yeah. Who got... I did Claudia. Claudia. Did for, yeah. Mm-hmm. He taught himself how to play and write, write his own songs, and... He started tried. to show more of this artistic characteristic here. So he also got a job at Dairy Queen around this time. Jump into the music a game. little bit, yeah. But here comes James. Right the fucking up, up train. train. <laughs> the fucking up train. His so Danny's grades were piss poor at this fucking time. So because okay, yeah, any kid like that choo, is going to have any time to choo choo. Here comes James. You have to quit your job at Dairy Queen because grades fucking suck. Yeah, because clearly my job is what's making my grade shitty. Yep. It's not the constant of abuse Danny only got to work. I'm getting at home. He only got to work there for a freaking week. That was it. He got to work at Dairy Queen for a week before the shit train came. Oh. <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> Which is really... Now, we're really starting to boil Danny's pot here because after this he starts getting really dark and aggressive towards everyone. He starts to go out and hunt and he's gone for days at a time and he gets really fucking good at it too. He also got very familiar with the woods, and this is very, very important. Oh, great. Yeah, here we go. He also ended up dropping out of high school, but he got his high school equivalent degree, it's like the G H G E. yeah, and he realized that the only way he was going to get out was through the military. So Danny then went up to James and threatened James and was like, you better sign me up for the Navy or I'm running away from home for good. So how old was he? He was uh, 17. I was going to yeah. Seventeen is when he'd need his parental yep. consent. So, and you would, what, what would you think James would do? Uh, he's either gonna be jealous, cause he's a jealous motherfucker mm-hmm. of everything and anything, that his son is going to try and be some military hero and isn't gonna let him, or he says, go ahead, and hopes he gets killed. Went ahead and took Danny down and signed him up. Okay. But guess what? Danny failed the Navy enlistment exam. <gasps> So he we went over and so, joined the Air Force. Okay, we'll the Air try Force it. took him, <laughs> and he was stationed at the Lack. Well, he joined at the Lackland, Texas base on June 28th of 1971. He would then become a security police and Strategic Air Command at Homestead Air Force Base in Florida, and then he would later become Air Force First Class Rolling. Oh, wow, okay. So he did really good. He did, yeah. This is also where he was introduced to LSD, Oh, where he uh proceeded to trip over a hundred times while on active duty. Hmm. Hmm. Really liked LSD. Good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) He did other drugs too, but this is where he was introduced to LSD, and it really just went downhill from this point. 1972, Danny was 18, was locked up for drug possession, and charged for disobeying orders. He lost a stripe. And was also diagnosed by a psychiatrist to have a personality disorder. He was forced to leave with un- under honorable discharge. So he did he get honorable? Yes. Huh. Okay. 19 years. 1973. He's 19 years old. After discharge, he returned to Shreveport to live with his grandpa and found religion in the Pentecostal Church. They believe in a close relationship with the Holy Spirit through baptism. Dan- you know, Danny. The, father the Son of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Danny then ended up actually getting baptized and becoming involved with the church activities. So it's like, ooh, found just, Jesus. Well, at that and I think he's, you know, looking for, like, much like the military. He's it's looking a, for something. It's a... It's a, a structure. it's a strong group of people. It's a brotherhood. It's a, mm-hmm. you know, the military. And then the church is very similar. It's a family. It's a... It's, he's looking to have that, I feel like, that connection, that... that Family feeling that he never ever got at home still didn't feel like I'm sure what his kids the other kids at school had. Right. This is also during the church. This is or through the church. This is also where he met. Oh Martha and Halco who he thought God gave to him and later married on September 6th of 1974 while she was pregnant with their daughter Kylie. So now we have a family So you would think like this would really mellow him the fuck out. Like, wow, I have my own to support. I have to take care of this. The thing about demons. Yeah. The thing about demons. Because this only (laughs) heightened the 21-year-old rolling. (laughs) (laughs) He felt all the pressure of being the only bread maker. So he started lashing out in some really fucked up weird ways. He dropped out of church. Started doing drugs and drinking again old fucking habits okay and then he would disappear for days at a time without telling omatha where he was going this made omatha very uncertain about him and started to grow very afraid of him so in 1976 danny was 22 and started going off the rails he did the whole peeping tom thing again and was claimed to have seen or he claimed to see ufos demons jesus and ghosts, Jesus! He eventually stopped showing up to work, which caused Omatha to panic, and she called his parents, not knowing what else to do. Well, this brought James along. I was to say she called his parents. This didn't James. go well. Danny, he was met by old Daddy James, who put a knife to Danny's throat. What? And okay. Threatened him. Listen, he was like don't fucking do this to your family. Like you. Okay, because you're the one to freaking tell me what to do. after this, Danny and Omatha's relationship started to fall apart. And she eventually, Omatha, she eventually started having an affair with her ex-boyfriend in 1977. Oh, Lord. Okay. Danny found out, and he ended up threatening both of them by putting a gun to both of their heads. He then proceeded to beat the shit out of her ex-boyfriend... And then turned and put the gun on himself. Suicide. Yep. Very Amatha man. begged him not to, and he accepted and backed down. Okay. She then filed for separation and six months later they were divorced. This devastated Danny. So like, whoa. We're almost completely off the rails now. We don't even have anybody holding us back at this point now. Yeah. So in 1978, Danny was twenty four. Super suicidal, could never go through with actually doing the act still, so he got very sadistic, he started to date a 17-year-old named Mary Lynn, and started committing a number of robberies. Back huh. to the stealing again. Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. He was later interviewed interviewed, and said that he wished he would have been shot during the robberies. He just wanted to die. Seriously. He just, he really just wanted to die. But he could not have... Himself to do it himself. So hmm. we're gonna start getting in. He was in and out of the jail system in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Georgia, and then eventually Florida as well. Five he's been through hmm. <sighs> for a number of robberies. So uh, 1979, he robbed a Win Dixie in Montgomery, Alabama, for eighteen for eight hundred dollars. Then another Winn-Dixie in Columbus, Georgia. Big ticket. Yeah. <laughs> but he was arrested a half hour later and confessed to the robberies. And did it. Yep. It was me. He, he was then start, sentenced in 1979 to, as well for two concurrent six-year terms for armed robberies. Because he went to jail. He went to, He went to a lot of jails. A lot of, lot of robberies. A lot of jails. Um, robberies. Robber <laughs> Yeah. Um... <laughs> He committed a lot of robberies. <laughs> yes. I have a podcast. I know what I'm doing. I speak English I, words. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you guys are still with us up to this point, you have finally reached the really, really rough like stuff here. So I would like to throw out a very large blanket trigger warning. Advisory. From this moment on, you guys, we're going to be talking a lot about some rough stuff involving rape, sexual assault and some necrophilia. So if you choose not to listen to that, please feel free to skip over to the trial part of this episode at the end. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. November 1984. 30 year old Danny broke into a young girl's home after watching her for multiple hours and intended on raping her. But the girl started to cry.
1: And he had
0: a flash of empathy and felt sorry for her. So instead, he sat with her, they talked a little bit about life, they sang some songs, had consensual sex. Whoa! And then she drove him home. Totally flipped it. Like, oh, "Oh, You know what? Although you were gonna rape me, you seem like a nice fellow. Well, then Danny got real fucking scared, and he left. He booked it, was like, she going to call the cops on me. (laughs) on. She must be some sort of psycho herself. For real. For her to just turn around and be like, yeah, no, I'm okay with this. I'm peeping Tom. That was about to sexually assault me. Sure. That's just. Yeah. Well, then um, Danny turned into a drifter for a bit, but he eventually found his way back to Shreveport with his loving parents loving parents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. November 4th. Uh, night. that word. Here we go. November 4th. November 4th my husband's it's birthday. Birthday. I was just <laughs> gonna say it's your husband's birthday. Weird. It sure is. Not uh, 1989. Daddy lost his job for missing too many days and he lost his fucking shit in a fit of rage and threatened the manager and the cook for termination. Uh oh, for What the, was he doing at the time? He was just he was just missing work. He wasn't going to no, work. No, where was he working? Oh, he was working at a restaurant, just a local restaurant, oh, okay, like okay. hole-in-the-wall place. Okay. Because he threatened the cook and the manager, because the manager fired him, said they, that he was going to kill them. Oh. Mm-hmm. This had... God, I tell you! This was just a fit of rage that had been documented. However, November 5th, 1989, the bodies of William, Julie, and Sean Grissom are discovered in... Uh, Williams Shreveport home. They weren't associated with Danny's job, but could explain the outburst of at the time for the death. Yeah, kinda correlates that he took it All out. his pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I'm gonna scope out some random people. I gotta go yep. kill William. Some pussy-ass shit, like his dad would do. For real. William Tom Grissom was 55 and was a divorced AT&T supervisor who was described as polite, friendly, and respectable. He was battling cancer but seemed to be on the upside and was also nearing retirement. His daughter, Julie, was 24 and was a very pretty, petite, brown-haired girl. Mm -hmm. She was a student at the Baton Rouge uh, University and was on the verge of graduation. Sean was Julie's eight-year-old nephew. And William's grandson. He attended okay. Turner Elementary and was in the third grade. He was visiting his aunt and grandpa for the weekend, but he would unfortunately never come home. Around 8 30 uh, that morning, Sean's mother called police after making multiple unanswered phone calls to her father-in-law's house and learning from Sean's school that he wasn't in class. Police then reached out to neighbors and asked them to see if the residence was unlocked. At approximately 8.45 a.m., three neighbors went over to the brown brick home to check on the family and opened the door to the utility room off the garage. And that was where the first body was discovered. And who was it? It was William's body. He was slumped up against the door, blocking the entrance to the utility room, and he had several stab stab wounds in the back and the chest. He He was cooking steaks in the backyard grill sometime that evening. Like... He had the whole, like, barbecue outfit on and stuff. And, okay. Like. Kiss the chef. Yeah. Sean was found face down in the family room with one knife wound that went through his back and exited through his chest. He was attacked while watching TV from behind. Oh, how do you look at a child and just say, yep, I'm going to shove a knife in? He here. didn't. He looked at their back. Never saw their face. Still, but it's still a child. I mean, whether you look at the front side, you could tell it's a child. Well, you're going to see this as a a consistency. Julie's body was found naked and partially hanging off of the bed. She was stabbed at least three times in the back, but was left facing up. There were no signs of forced entry or foul play, so this loser literally just got the jump, like on all of them. Vinegar was also applied to Julie's body. Vinegar? Yep. And the case remained unsolved. Want you to smell like an Italian sub before? Well, it was I... like he was trying to clean it, because he does this again in his in future killings too. But not vinegar; he uses laundry detergent. What the fuck? I'm serious. <laughs> he uses laundry detergent. But then did he doesn't clean up like after his. Oh, um... we'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. Sorry. But this was this was kind of messy how he left this, and we're gonna see this like the same kind of consistent weird shit in our next victims too. Christmas fucking Eve of 1989, Daddy broke into a house of a woman who he had been watching and planned on attacking her. But it was Christmas Eve, and she wasn't home. So what did this fucking shitbag do? He'd watch television. He listened to her stereo. He sampled all her fucking alcohol and stole $30 worth of dimes. What Uh huh. A fifth of alcohol and a 38 caliber revolver, and left because she never came home. Yo, sometimes these guys are fucking weird as shit. Weird, like Like, what? What (laughs) What was the significance of that? Like, why the dimes? Five months later, he got into a fight with his dad, and used that 38 caliber. Oh, (laughs) to say use the dimes. Use the dice! <laughs> 38 dives. He Use the dives. <laughs> I was like, What the fuck did he do with his Oh Could my god! Well, use the thirty-eight five cow- months ago. gun. Yeah. <laughs> five months later he used that thirty-eight caliber gun on his fucking father shot James once in the stomach and once in the forehead. That was a long time coming. But this son of a bitch didn't die. <laughs> of course it didn't. Because it no. wouldn't be no. like, like, of, of course, course the movie. But he lost an ear and an eye. Oh. Okay. Trophy. <laughs> just just damage, 10%. You know, only, well, only 10% damage. Still got a lot well, more to do there. James was like, yeah, I ain't fucking with you no more. <laughs> You're indestructible. You're done. <laughs> okay. Tap. We're done. Tap. This is it. Tap down. So, um, this is our last bit of- <laughs> I, brought the, I brought the gun and uh, I still- yeah, no. uh, You brought the pow-pow and I'm a pew-pew out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Uh, yeah, I'm out. So, now we're going to get into a lot of nothing but gruesome, gruesome murder. Oh. Okay. Ha. June 2nd, 1990. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Exposed yourself. (laughs) 36-year-old Danny broke into a home of a Michael Kennedy Jr. He had recently deceased. He stole two handguns and deceased papers, and then he did some shady robberies and some stories again and started to make his way down to Gainesville. He then assumed the identity of the deceased Michael. It became Michael J. Kennedy. This was his alias. He then checked himself into a hotel, but he never stayed there Instead, where did he go? Where do you think he went? UF campus. He went to the fucking woods right outside. Yep, he went right outside the fucking campus in the woods, but he made sure that he was within two miles of all his future crime scenes. Two mile radius. So he rented, I mean, Booked the place at the hotel mm-hmm. and never stayed and there. Never, never stayed there. Nope. But just but so it's a that good there alibi. be a record yep. of him staying there. So premeditated, right there. You came in here with a fucking plan. You were going to fucking yeah. do some shady shit. Didn't know what at this point. Fucking, but, weird, right? Super fucking weird. It's now officially August, the beginning of the fall semester for college students. Parents of 17-year-old Christina Powell, however aren't as excited as other parents after being unable to reach their daughter on the phone, the phone, the morning, the uh, phone, the phone, they were unable to reach their daughter on the phone the morning of August 26th, 1990. This was a Sunday. Classes were to start the next day. So as any parent would, they drove down to see what the fuck was going on with their daughter. Only to find there was no answer at the apartment that her and that her and her roommate eighteen year old Sonia Larson shared. So they called the maintenance guy and the property manager who also couldn't get the door opened. So they said oh, they were shit. going to have to call the police and wait. So the they police... trying to use the key so and yeah, they still, the still get it. Yeah, they still jammed the door. it was jammed. Yes oh, ma'am. Fuck. So as the police here we go. As the police got there, they opened the door and found a very gruesome scene. Oh the maintenance man walked in and immediately ran back out and down the stairs screaming, Oh my god, and puking from the sight. I was gonna say throwing up. Inside laid the bodies of Christina Powell and her roommate Sonia Larson. They had been dead for two days. Okay. So backtrack to two days prior. Danny broke in using a screwdriver and a marine grade K bar utility knife, which are those knives that have like the short hilt handle, okay. but the super long blade. Yeah. And it's like hella fucking sharp. Like, of course it is. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, with uh, the. So it's, got it's a little, it, it, military training. I mean, so it's, I it's fu- it. Exactly. It's fucking horrifying. So he jammed the door open. If that like makes sense, he used the screwdriver and the knife and jammed it open. Yeah, and then had a choice: who was going to be first? Oh, he saw. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Exactly. Ha! I hope he did not do that. I hope that did not. I happen. hope not. But he chose Sonia first. So he went oh, upstairs oh, to her her room. Ami- she was asleep in her bed, just asleep. He immediately attacked her, duct taped her mouth, bound her hands with duct tape, cut her clothes off, and viciously, viciously ripped her, ripped her bra off. Good God. She was then sexually assaulted and brutally stabbed around five times in the back. Lord. He then went back downstairs to the sleeping Christina and attacked her. Covering her mouth and binding her hands with duct tape, this fucker was fucked and went back and thought, hmm, I'm going to have some fun with this, ripped the duct tape off her mouth, and forced Christina to perform fellatio on her. Do you- you know? Yes. Okay. Good. Oh, yes. I'm okay. aware. <laughs> of Well, some people are like, "What is that?" I'm like, "I'm not explaining it to you. You can Google it if you don't know. You shouldn't be listening to up. this." Once he was done with that, he cut. Her. It's a job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> so he forced her to do that. When he was done, he ripped the duct tape. Um, or once he was done with that, he ripped her clothes off and raped her. She was unfortunately stabbed multiple times in the back as well. But this sick fuck wasn't fucking done. What's with him and stabbing in the back? Never has to look at his victims. Never has to see them in the face. Okay, well he had to see them in the face of, to perform fellatio. Well so there's that. There's so that. I wonder what his thing is about stabbing in the back. There's gotta be some. I think I mean, it's so that they he's not watching the life leave them. Okay. That makes sense. Like, he can't look them in the eyes while he kills them because it's such a degrading thing. Well, because he has, like, he he has those flashes of empathy. Yeah. It could be like, okay, I can't. Now I've learned that I can't look them in the eye. Yeah. If I look them in the eye, I can't. She was a learning experience. Yeah. She got away, but. Because I let her look at me. I let her talk to me. Yep. I can't do that. I can't do that, so I'm immediately going to take care of both of those. Yeah. By any time, yeah, they're getting stabbed in the back because I it can't look at them. Yep. Well, oh, shit. This sick fuck wasn't fucking done. Of course not. He went back upstairs to Sonia's body, and who's <laughs> dead? Everyone's right. dead. Okay, everyone's dead. But he then performed necrophilia with Sonia's body. <sighs> mm-hmm. But then he went one step further, and I've never heard of anyone doing this before. Once he was done, he cut the tape off their hands and mouths and took that took took it with him, <clears> and then washed their bodies in laundry detergent. Their whole body. So he kept the tapes. Kept the tape. That and was, washed, they their with, yep. washed their body. That washed their body. So the tape was his, his, his treasure. treasure. Well, wait. He then went ahead and posed the bodies. He laid Christina in the living room hallway posed in a sexual fashion to where her legs were facing oh. open. They were open and facing the door so that first when you... First thing you've seen The was first her. thing you see was her. Tutu. Yes. Um, and then Sonia was posed on the edge of the bed and was provocatively posed to where she was, like, spread eagle as well, but her Mm -hmm. legs were, her feet were on the ground and her upper torso was on the bed. Yeah. He went as far as to fan her hair out. Oh, God. Over, like, to pose her from top to bottom. This instantly struck fear in Gainesville. Three weeks prior to this happening, Gainesville had just been rating, rated the number 13 city to live in. Like, oh. And murder, This like, is really cramping our style, it guys. It is. <laughs> and, like, homicide rates were in the, the single digits. So... Well-
1: well, this was a lot
0: on, after the wave of the '70s. Yeah, everything was on. Well, and Ted Bundy was just like this. That just happened prior to this, so they were like in Florida, and they were like, "Holy fucking crap! Someone's a copycat." So, hmm. instant fear was struck, and in Ocala too. So, like that whole surrounding area was just like, "Holy fuck!" The entire state of Florida. I would have been on. Oh yeah, over, over here where we are. I'd yep. have been like, "Nope." Mm-mm. Well, if that wasn't enough, eight hours later, whoa, no cool down time. Wow, he was on a he was on a mission. He was on. Danny Hi, laid alert. eyes. Danny laid eyes on his next victim, 18-year-old Krista Hoyt. This is a very, very gruesome case. So big, big, big trigger warning. Danny spotted Krista while walking to work one day. She looked very similar to her to his ex-wife, Omatha. Okay. So he immediately thought to himself, she's next. Krista was a very dedicated student and an aspiring police officer. She worked as dispatch for the local Alachua County Sheriff's Department. Like, right around the freaking corner for my mom. <laughs> Monday, August 27, 1990. Krista doesn't show up for work. Officers are immediately set off like, that is not like Krista, she never misses work, so a well check is sent out. Yeah, they don't even have to to call it in. No, we're We're the cops, cops. we're concerned, we're going. Yep. The responding officers knew Krista personally and said later that they knew something was immediately off. Oh, that's Something was not right. As they arrived on scene before opening the door, there was a foul smell. Oh, great. Coming from the apartment. This was also two miles away from the previous crime scene, so eight hours later and only two miles away. And how long after... So he... Okay, go ahead. I'll figure the timeline out. (laughs) Okay. So they opened up the door and they found the scene of Krista in her bedroom, or at least parts of her. Uh, Krista's naked... What? Krista's naked mutilated body was propped, sitting slouched up with feet on the ground as though sitting on the edge, with mirrors surrounding it in every direction as if to maximize the violence. Her breasts had been severed and laid next to her body, wrapped like you would a fucking Subway sandwich, as though they were meant to be trophies for him. Oh my And he went the extra mile as well and sliced her nipples off too. Oh. Those were supposed to be his trophies, I meant, to, I meant to mention it prior, he cut off Sonia Larson's nipple and stuffed it in his bag as a trophy as well when he left that scene too. Perfect. Yeah. So like nipples are his thing. The Nipples are his thing. Yeah. Um, Piercing is even better. But he, for whatever reason, he didn't take them. He sliced them off and laid them next to her body. What the fuck? Like he meant to, but for whatever reason left them behind. So Danny had broken in before she had gotten home that night and he waited for her to come home. As soon as she closed the door, he got up behind her, threw her into a chokehold and subdued her. He then brought her to the bedroom, immediately cut her clothes off and ripped the bra off. For whatever reason, his thing was cut the clothes, rip the bra. It was never cut everything, but he had this power over holding okay. the bra, it, yeah. it created such a vicious look. I think to the fabric, if you look at pictures and stuff, yeah, it's almost like I created this this mess kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like power thing. It's like this is the last piece to, until you're completely vulnerable. Yep, I'm gonna rip it off of yep. you. He then raped her multiple times. Mm. It was hours of torture for her. He forced her over onto her stomach once he was done and stabbed her in the back so forcefully that he stabbed her through the major aorta part of your heart, like Mm -hmm. the biggest, biggest part. She died instantly. Ugh. It was later said in autopsy as well that there were nicks in her bones from him hitting her so hard. Oh my god. So much force. Thrusting so hard. But then he got messy too and he nicked the bowel. Which is what created that nasty, foul smell. Yep. So it, like, destroyed all of her inside. Not to mention, he then went ahead, decapitated her, Mm -hmm. and placed her head on a bookshelf in the back corner and positioned it so that she was almost like she was witnessing the horror of her own body. No. No. Right. Like, that's super, super gnarly. Two-day time span, three gruesome murders. Yeah, Gainesville oh was lit the fuck up. It was mass panic, sleeping in groups. Over so seven hundred students left and went home. They're like, peace out. Yep. Parents got their kids. The university was like suspending classes for weeks at a time. It was fucking wild. Well, nice. Tuesday, the next day, Tuesday, August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety, the bodies of Tracy Pauls and Manuel Toboda are found dead in Tracy's apartment in Gatorwood Apartments, right outside of Williston. Whoa. He is just on a mission. He hit mission that go button. And, and didn't stop. No. Oh my God. So Tracy and uh, Taboda were friends since high school, and Taboda was at Tracy's apartment essentially as like a bodyguard. He had fallen asleep in the spare bedroom, and Danny had broken in through the sliding glass door. And he wasn't anticipating Toboda. So Danny uh, immediately attacked Toboda. That reminds me of the, the BTK's, what was it, second one? Where he, um, yeah. the, oh my god, what was her name? Um, and her brother ends up with her and he shoots the brother twice in, in the face. Yeah, oh my god. I do god. not remember our names, but that's what, and he was so. Yes, he was so, Sharon like, or Shannon? He was so like, oh shit, sh-, like you, and he was a,
1: god, he was god, a, he was a idiot. idiot.
0: He was a, yeah, he was just fumbling all over himself, he was nope. an idiot. But that's what that reminds me of. Well, Tobota wasn't going down without a fucking fight. He woke up to Danny brutally stabbing him, and w- because Danny wasn't fucking prepared for this guy to be in there. Tobota was able to push him off and turn on the light and start to fight fucking back. Dude, it's freaking crazy. did he wear a disguise at all? Did no, he, no so, disguise. Okay, so he so face. it was like, I gotta take you down. And Danny even later admits too in uh in an interview quote, he almost got me. Oh what? Like he was so close. But Toboda ended up being stabbed thirty five times. Whoa. Before he finally went down. Now, Tracy heard all this commotion and went to check on Taboda and walked in on the scene. She then ran back to her bedroom. I don't want a victim shame, but she fucked up and slammed the door. If she would have just fucking hidden or jumped out the window or something, he he would have never gotten her. But she slammed the door and that got his attention and he immediately went to the door. She had tried to barricade it, but it was it was useless at that point he knocked down the door and supposedly this is coming from Danny so I don't know if this is like hearsay but supposedly he knocked down the door and he locked eyes with Tracy and Tracy said you're it aren't you you're the Gainesville Ripper and he went yeah I am and then proceeded to kill her what now he attacked Tracy he taped the mouth, bound the hands, cut her clothes off, raped her, stabbed her in the back, whole nine yards, took yeah. the tape, did his thing, but he didn't stage this one. Almost like he was panicked, like he was gonna get walked in on, running out of time, like he she was. was panicked from the beginning. He was. Tabota and all that stuff. Yep. The they were discovered the next morning, and the articles went wild. The new Ted Bundy emerges. Oh, no. Everyone went fucking wild. Well, then Danny went quiet. He didn't do anything. He was done. Sounds like he doesn't want to be in the media. He just wants to be able to do his murders and go, whereas some other It was a little time. bit of that, I feel. Well, he laid quiet while a task force, a special fucking task force, was made for this loser. Like. Well, they think it's another Ted Bundy. They are like, oh, we're getting ahead of this. We're not going to let this go on as At as... one point... This task, board, this task force was so desperate to find an answer, they had over 675 names on the list for suspects. Oh my gosh. For real. Like, it was ridiculous. So, meanwhile, uh, Danny made a new friend named Tony Danzi and shared a camp with him. Huh, Tony Danzy. Tony, Tony Dan- Danzi. Um, con- now, Danny went one step further and convinced Danzi to rob a Winn-Dixie with him. I Dixie. Oh, I won Dixie. <laughs> so, well, uh, they got caught. Why not a Publix? Cause Publix would have been better. No. Well, they got caught, and they tried to run from the cops. Dandy got caught, but Danny eluded the cops and ran into the woods. But the cops ran amongst his fucking campsite in the woods. Mm-hmm. They found a number of things, like a knife, a screwdriver, a cassette tape that would later seal the deal. He had also had his trophies, along with a bag of stolen money with pink dye on it that you would find after robbing a fucking bank. Bank, yeah. Yep. The, yeah. The were so to the cops took all this evidence and then went back to Danzy and was like, who the fuck is this guy? Danzy went, that's Michael J. Kennedy. <gasps> <gasps> still doing that, Michael J. Kennedy. Yes. Yep. That fucking so dead Danzy guy's. Was- Yep, so then Danzie was let go, because they couldn't find Michael J. Kennedy, and Danzie went straight to Rowling, was able to find him, and was like, I'm going to call the cops on you. So, Danny started to kind of head out, and went under the new alias of Jesse Ling. Okay. Don't know where Jesse Ling came from, but he went with Jesse Ling. Just sounds good. On September 8th, 1990, Rowling tried to rob Owen Dixie in Ocala. This is when employees triggered the silent alarm, and Danny wasn't able to get out without a fight. He then proceeded to go on to a high-speed car chase where he crashed the car, which ended in his arrest. Okay, so now, so he's, now he's, he's in arresting. custody. Um, what he didn't know, and what you didn't know, is that Danny had actually been on the radar for quite some time. Oh, so Cindy Juricich, she knew Danny from her hometown of Shreveport. And when she heard about the murders in Gainesville, she immediately suspected that Rowling was involved in some way. She remembered the Grissom Triple Murder, where Julie's body had been posed in a similar gruesome manner to the victims in Gainesville. And when she saw this, she immediately called police to notify them of her tip, saying, He always struck me as weird and not like normal kids. He definitely needed some help that he never got. Hmm. So it was somebody to look into. Yeah. So then they started looking into him. They also had taken some blood samples from Tabota and Tra- from Tracy and Tobota's murder scene. Yeah, because he got, he drew blood on him. Mm-hmm. There were, they, he almost got him. they were a match to Danny Rowling. Mm-hmm. So now they were like, whoa, we have this tip and leading to also murders in Shreveport that have the same instance here in Gainesville. We need to look for this guy. We yeah. need to bring him in. So, with the blood type match and the realization that the campsite that they had found earlier belonged to Rowling, investigators finally listened to the cassette, and they found a whole bunch of shit. Rowling was an c- aspiring country music star, right? Oh lord. So, he had wrote and recorded songs of him singing, then the, the, the lyrics were a little disturbing. Like, you're a killer, a drifter gone insane, you're a rebel no one can tame. Hmm. This was a, a lyric in his song, Mystery Rider." Most usefully, Rowling said in his full, he said his bleh. Most usefully, Rolling said his full name on the tape and most eerily signed off telling the listener he had something he had to do. Huh. So it could have been, I'm gonna go kill someone. Signing off. Gonna go do a murder. Be back later. Yep. This is the trial part. There's a lot on this trial. He tried to uh, claim that he had split personality disorder and he had the persona named Gemini and that was the one that took over and forced him to commit the murders. So there was no other personality. You just were using that. You're just a dick. You no remorse. In November of 1991, the DNA results were in, and it was a match to Danny Rowling. He was charged to five Gainesville murders of three life terms, plus 170 years. 170 years? Yes. Good night. May 1992, he attempted suicide multiple times and admitted to- Still couldn't get that right. Couldn't get it. Just couldn't quite figure it out. And Uh then he was admitted to the psych ward. Now, this is the fun shit. I have wanted to tell you about, it's fucking crazy. What? This is when he started corresponding with Sondra London. Sondra London, okay. Sondra London, in her early 40s during this time, received a letter from Danny Rowling, an inmate from Florida State Prison in June of 1992, asking her to tell his story to the world. She was an aspiring author. Okay. She had recently published a book called Killer Fiction, a collection of short stories, drawings, and other works of Gerald John Schaefer, a former police officer who claimed to have killed more than 30 women between 1966 and 1973. London had dated Schaefer for a year in high school and was inspired to write the book after reading Ann Rule's The Stranger Beside Me, which detailed Rule's friendship with the infamous serial killer Ted Bundy. Aware of Rowling's crimes, London began exchanging letters back and forth with the killer over the next several months. During this correspondence, she and Rowling both gradually developed feelings for one another. Oh. oh what? That's buckle up. I don't know how people do that. Buckle up. It's You're a vicious get... murderer. But it I'm... took what? about eight or nine months before we became more personal, London said. Rowling eventually professed his love for London in a letter, she added, and often sent her poems gushing about the way she made him feel. While the feelings were mutual, London claims her priority was not pursuing a romantic relationship while Rowling Rowling was writing a book about the crimes he committed and not yet confessed to. Here's the crimes I've committed, but I didn't do them. I didn't do them. It wasn't me. So... Some other guy told me about them. Over a period of several months, London tried to arrange a visit to meet Rowling in person but claims they were routinely denied by prison officials. Saying they kept keep changing their reasons for not allowing me to see him, so what was their solution? Let's get married. Huh? So they got engaged. Ew, yeah. that's gross. Yeah. So eventually, I was told we've been denying your application because your friendship isn't leading to marriage. So they came up with another twist, saying they, saying we could get married, but not in prison. She's not in person. She said everything was very exciting. She remembered. Recounting her first impression of Rowling, I thought he was a real cornball. My first impression is that he must be some kind of yokel. She added, a term meaning an uneducated and unsophisticated person from the countryside. I learned later that Danny had very little sense of who he really is, so for him to manifest he has put on a costume of some kind. I thought he was crazy and schizophrenic probably. So, I'm going to read a little bit of how she described her first meeting with him. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In her 1993 book, Knocking on Joe, London went into further detail of her physiological reactions to Rolling, remembering him as a gorgeous hunk. I approached my meeting with Danny thinking I was prepared for anything, but there was one thing I was not prepared for. I had no idea what a fine looking man he is today. Oh, Instead of broken and dejected loser I'd seen on TV, standing before my hungry eyes was one gorgeous hunk of man. Hungry eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks, but it's the truth. My maximum man stands an imposing 6'2 with muscles out to hear. His color is bright. His youthful skin is glowing. His hazel eyes are clear. And so is his head. Ew. <laughs> The news footage publicized the courtroom image of him stumbling out awkwardly, stupefied by Thorazine and seeming lost in his own body. But now my dangerous pussycat strides across the floor with a languid power and instinctive grace that makes me highly aware that I am woman and this is a man. Basically, he made me jizz in my pants when I seen him. This Disgusting. Man. Disgusting. So, leading up to <laughs> Rowling's tri- trial, his relationship with London became the subject of media circus. His true crime author girlfriend would refute would re- would routinely be labeled as serial killer groupie, with family members of Rowling's five victims accusing London of trivializing and making a mockery of their children's deaths. He came out for his sentencing, and instead of addressing the victims' families, he turned to Sandra London and began to sing a song. Oh, and my. I'm going to play that song for you. Oh, no. Is he singing it? He is. Oh, no. He's singing the song. Okay. No, no. Okay. Oh, no. Ready? Mm-hmm. I recall the day I first saw you. I reached out to say I love you. But it was hard to say I couldn't touch you. Tell me, baby, what were my words? All my tears run together. Excuse me, Mr. Rollins. Down this Mr. The Ron. Ron. To, choose to follow. Mr. Rollins, Tell me, baby, what were my words? All my tears run together. What were my words? All my tears run together, baby. Just like rain. Okay, get one song and end Mr. Rowling. We're not here so that you can address your friend. We're here for sex. Oh my god. And that's Danny Rowling. Yeah. Oh my god. That's That's Danny Rowling. He was literally like sing oh my god. and did you like Sondra is loving loving it? She's like the groupie in the front stage, like he is singing to he's me. He's singing to me. Do you see this? This Can is see, for me. Do you see how he's singing to me? Oh god. Oh, no. No. oh mm. That is so oh yes. my god. Cringe yep. to the max. Well, this was at the sentencing trial, then Danny turned and compl- and pled guilty guilty in February of 1994. He pled guilty. a little over a year old. Yeah. He pled guilty to 5 murder charges. And the jury agreed. April of 1994, Danny finally came out and apologized for the crimes and was sentenced to death. He was put to death by lethal injection on October 25th of 2006. Oh, wow. So, he lived out a good part of his sentencing. Good part of it. But 170 years? Not even close. (laughs) No. (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) Like... No, but, <laughs> like, he st- He finally, well, because he kept, the fucker kept getting out of jail. So, at least he finally was able to, like, stay in jail. Let's keep him in jail. Couldn't commit suicide, but we, we, we're we going to try and find a way to keep he him in really jail. He really failed a lot at the suicide he thing, really, man. He, he failed a lot. He failed completely. He did not yeah. do it. God. <laughs> this, the the <laughs> government ended up having to kill him. For real. Well, that's it. That's it. That's the case of Danny Rolling, and I have a lot of editing to do. <laughs> but, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Kaylee, thank um, you for joining me. Of course. What did um, you think? You, did you dig it? You dig. I digged it. You dug it. And you freaking pulled a fast one on me. I did pull a fast I used to get used to it. I'm probably going to pull another fast one. Was you are my mother. Well, it's, it's easy. Sorry. Whoa, hey. Well, I'm sorry. I, it is. Yeah. I don't know what to say. But, alright guys, well... I hope you guys enjoyed, uh, make sure that you follow us on Facebook by searching for Case of the Creeps Podcast and finding my familiar cover art. Follow me on Instagram at Case of the Creeps Podcast, snail mail me at caseofthecreeps@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, make sure that you rate, review, subscribe wherever you guys listen so that we stay relevant and keep finding new people to listen. Make sure if you guys have any topic suggestions, serial killer requests, ghost stories, topic, or theories of your own. What am I missing? Am I missing anything? I don't think I'm missing anything. Send them to me. I want them all. Until then, I hope you creeps keep it creepy. I'm Katie. I'm Kaylee. Thanks for coming on here. Oh, of course. this <laughs> is fun. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.